Hey superstars, uh, welcome to another episode of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Very, very excited to share today's conversation with you all. Uh, before I do that, please share, subscribe, review, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, the more people that can hear this conversation, hopefully the more work the world can be and all those kind of things. Today's chat uh, was with one of my mentors, uh, Jaden Gardner. This is probably one of the more interesting conversations uh, we've had on the podcast. Um, to give you guys a little bit of insight before we dive in, uh, we've been working with Jaden uh, and the Alchemy crew for a, a little over 12 months. Um, and in that time, we've been able to kind of upskill a lot of the areas of our business and a lot of our areas personally and professionally. Um, I think it was about maybe about 12 months ago where Jaden first uh, started talking about um, ayahuasca and his desire to to dive in and he decided to go over to Costa Rica um, a little while ago and, and, and have a crack and um, he came back from that trip and had some pretty, pretty hectic stories and, and he's recently returned from from a second trip um, where he where he was, well, having a trip, I guess. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Jaden's Jaden's had some pretty interesting experiences, and, and today's conversation was all about kind of going into it with an open mind and, and diving into it and seeing from his experience uh, what he got out of it, what he learned, how things have changed, and how it's kind of. Sh- shifted his whole perception of himself and how the world works and yeah it was a it was a quality conversation i really enjoyed it um we were lucky enough to have coop along for the ride so yeah enjoy the next the next hour or so of uh of mind-blowing stories let's do it My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. What about doing sales calls naked? Because I'm like, it's the ultimate vulnerability test. Hey? <laughs> like, if you're there naked and you're doing a sales call, what's the worst that could happen? Like, on their, on their end. You accidentally go video call? Yeah, true. Tilt like, til, til the laptop a little bit too much? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but if, like, someone's spraying you on a sales call and you're naked, you're like, you're fucking, fucking naked. <laughs> 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 you might get kicked out of your co-working space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, fuck. You gotta stop doing sales calls naked cafes. Yeah, potentially you're breaking your own eyes. All right. <laughs> like my old coaching was standing up and using headphones just to get naked. <laughs> That's great. I started already, so good. Oh, mate, Jaden, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you boys. It's uh, yeah. Figured we probably should catch up. See you in Sydney. We are. We're off to the Goldie t- tomorrow. Yeah, drive up to Goldie tomorrow and then have a couple of days. End of alchemy. Game over. Yeah. Won't be the end, boys. It's been a good run. 
has been a good yeah. one. How long has it been with you, boy? A year? Yeah, a little over 12 months. Uh, yeah. yeah. 13, 14 months. Good hustle. Well done. Mm-hmm. Thanks. First question for you. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, not much over the last couple of months because I've been off work, which is good. It's a dream. Um, well, gets me up in the morning. Um, yeah, this is an interesting question because it will go quite deep into what we just spoke about before, right? Yeah. Um, so I've just come off doing a second trip um, on Ayahuasca, which is really cool. I think a lot of people probably know what it is. Um, but to cut a long story short on this answer, what gets me up in the morning is a really cool thing that someone said over there is what you do in the ceremonies and when you get hit with what happens on it is you're tuning the guitar and that's all it is. So it's not a tool that you just use and like it's the, it's the end, everything's sweet. Yeah. When you're doing that work, you're tuning the guitar. So... 50% of the job, the other 50% is to come back and play. Yeah, so that's like, cool. In my head, that's what it's going through at the moment. It's like, am I playing the guitar of life? Which is quite cheesy <laughs> every day. Yeah. And that's my only way that I can assess whether or not I am. So a great example would be, you know, before this trip, I could easily be the kind of person who could flake this off and bring it down to like, oh, boys, you know, I've been working in the city for 10 hours today. Yeah. I'll go back home, do the same routine, mm-hmm. you know, listen to something on the way home, go to sleep. So now a lot of my decisions get made of like, really every single day are you playing the guitar? Are you showing up in that cool. way? So, yeah, that's something that really only the last couple of weeks has been what gets me up. Yeah, that's really interesting. Have you found that like it's manifesting in certain results or reactions from people in your life like having showing making sure that you're showing up all the time um it's only quite fresh but it's more internal like it's such a subjective thing yeah so you know it in yourself um for me my kind of big blocks have always been health in a way very much like we'll spike in Mm. go ham sandwich on that (laughs) and pull it back yeah so for me like what's playing is am i doing good work Am I, you know, working on my body and am I doing fun stuff in between? Mm. Like, did I give today a crack? And to me, that's kind of what I see is like playing the guitar. Yeah, it's cool. And not buying into like the other bullshit of, oh yeah, I'm too tired or like I'll do this or all the kind of things that I have been a shocker for in the past. So, yeah. yeah. What drew you to ayahuasca in the first place? Yeah, it was something that I heard. I've been researching it and stuff for years, years on end. And I actually thought about this when I was overseas. I'm like, how did this all actually pan out? Because I think it is something that calls people. Mm. And I don't even want to be that person who's like a preacher on it to be like, you should go do this. Because not everyone should. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's something that gets called to you. And I think where I first kind of heard from it was around three or four years ago so I did my first one about a year ago and then I've done I've sat eight times and I was listening to I think it was a podcast I was listening to someone on YouTube and at that time in life I was working ridiculous hours as a personal trainer I'm talking 50 hours on floor training people doing all the marketing and nobody wants to do that doing all the sales (laughs) like crazy yeah and so what I would do is I was in a really bad place health-wise as well, smoking ciggies, 
whatever. So my days really consisted of waking up super early, living off coffee, training people until I like pass out, have a cigarette, go across <laughs> and get something from the server, <laughs> yeah. do it again, repeat. And I went through this cycle of like just living off that adrenaline and I heard this woman speak about like vi- uh, like frequencies and vibrations in people. She's like, you know, if you look at people from a vibrational state, a lot of people can be walking around dead. And I was like, fuck, I'm not at that stage. Yeah. But like in a way, there, like, I'm, way, I'm very close to that. And then they were talking about how plant meds and stuff like that can bring that out of you and like bring it up, you know, the fastest way of how when meditation, they say, brings up your vibrations. And I think that's where it really stuck for me at the start. I was like, I need something fast to get me out of this kind of hamster wheel that I'm on yeah. of just shit. Like, yeah, so did that. Then I watched this awesome documentary called The Reality of Truth. It's absolutely killer, which then drove me to this place called Rhythmia where I did my first one. How, like from that kind of moment of realization about the vibrations to mm. like when you like sat down and and took the drink. Yeah. How long was it? That would have been two years. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Was it hard to actually make the decision to go and do it? Like, it's a, obviously we haven't experienced it, but it's from what I understand and know about it, it's pretty like an intensive thing. Yeah. You've got to fully commit to doing it. Yeah, 100%. It's one most, it is the most intense thing you can do, I personally think. And it's something that you've got to treat with respect as well. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, there is, there is prep that goes into it. Um, there's a shit ton of nerves. Like, I still get scared before I do it because there is no, there is no one way to it. You know, if we all smash a bottle of vodka right now, we'd all kind of have the same experiences <laughs> in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, the three of us did ayahuasca right now we could totally go different ways so you have that nerve of the unknown and that's the kind of thrill of it as well is like you yeah. fully go into scary the, and exciting the deepest parts of consciousness if you want to mm. um, so yeah I say when I landed in Costa Rica when I did my first one there were a lot of nerves but a lot of nerves as well because I didn't want to fully go through a massive change and I don't think many people do. And so I was a little bit scared of like, do I drink this stuff and then I cook it and I become one of those like people that are just, you know. Off with the fairies. Off with the fairies, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that could be a, a huge reality. And at one point in the first night, I actually thought I was because everything changes, the visions, what yeah. I was like, yeah. maybe this is life now. This is how I see everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, fully. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got drawn to it. That's cool. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll dive into like the actual experience and like what it was like being there and stuff. But like <clears throat> coming back into normality in the real world and stuff. And I think we we might have had a mastermind like maybe a month afterwards mm. or something. And like I remember sitting there listening to you talk about it. And like one of the first things you said was like, "I'm going back and doing it again." Yeah. What was like? Was that decision? kind of made for you or had you already made that decision before you left no not at all not at all before I went I thought it'd be something that I'd do and kind of tick off the bucket list like yeah you know I can talk about it I've done that thing Um, the amazing effects it has on everything body 
you know, healed an injury which I'd had for two years. Um, just crazy. Yeah. Because um, part of, it, of what it does is it works through your body and then brings up the traumas and then releases them. You do that through purging, crying, pissing, shitting. <laughs> like it, it doesn't sound amazing. Yeah. And it sucks in those parts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's quite, it's quite interesting to think about how many like little traumas you go through in your life that are such on a subconscious level that you don't think about, but everyone has them and then you get hit with them. And the after feeling of that is crazy. Yeah. And I think it's in that book that you're reading, Ikigai, or one of those kind of Japanese books where they talk about the Japanese do this, not with the plant meds, but something else in their life where yeah. they'll do one thing per year that changes the next 365. Is that the Misoji? Yeah. Where they, so it's like one really intense difficult physical thing where yeah. they might like there's like a 60% chance they're going to fail yeah um, who is yeah. it talks about it Jess, Jesse Itzler talks about it cool um, yeah and it's just like okay you got to find that one thing that like completely goes whoa I've got to make sure I maximise the next 365 days of my life and then a the year later they do another one something different yeah yeah it's hectic yeah and, and for me a really good way to explain it is it's just the biggest awareness tool like that's all it is so when you go and sit and you get hit with the awareness and you're going to hate this comment like (laughs) I won't read any kind of self-help books or anything anymore because it is the greatest self-help podcast of you because it's such a it saved me a lot of time seriously like (laughs) you get hit with your own truth and like what serves you in your life and what doesn't and it just it gives you that which is an intense thing and that's something in a way that I Jeez. fucked up the first time when I did it was because I didn't listen to those mm. signals and you know external things that were out of my control like five of those things that it told me happened in the first week that I got back yeah and I remember sitting there on the Saturday night messaging Drew um, and just going dude I've just realised that everything had happened um which was, sorry, wasn't completely out of my control. But, yeah, it was, it was wild. So now from doing it, you're like, cool, okay, that doesn't serve me. I need more of that in my life. A great example in my case was I was shirtless holding on to my skin, like my fat rolls, and crying and going like, this isn't you. Yeah, well. And so, look, if you, that's some motivation to get yourself <laughs> trained. I've been training every day, every day since. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's some of the, the things that can happen on it is yeah. you know, like you can read a book on how to get a six pack or you could fat shame yourself on a, <laughs> on a psychedelic and, and really go deep uh, look we're not recommending it but it might work yeah yeah, still train first but. <laughs> so stuff like that is where you just really go deep in like okay integrating back into the real world yeah. you're not going to forget that moment where you yourself are against nothing else but your own mind and the medicine going like yeah. what? what is this Like something that you kind of know deep down when your health gets a bit off, off track yeah. but to really get that awareness and intensity is something that you go okay cool from a like belief system point of view what were like the fundamental shifts you felt over the couple of months afterwards Ooh, good question there's a lot of beliefs that are still hard to like hard to swallow yeah um, I'm not a religious person 
probably one of the first people from it. Yeah. But I saw and was speaking to Jesus in my last one. Yeah, wow. Uh, so that like things like that are quite intense to kind of have that belief system change and whatnot. Yeah. My biggest belief system from this is I truly believe that it will change the world. Yeah, wow. And so when I was on um, one of the plant, because I did seven, I did seven different types of stuff over there, ranging from the ayahuasca to putting eye drops in your eye that they call the what do they call them the drops of the sun basically just meant battery acid getting thrown in your eyes oh, like yeah. Anger. yeah so that was intense but when I was on the San Pedro that was one of the big things that came up it was like spread this message within reason mm. you know doing podcasts like this talking to people not you know standing out the front of yeah. town hall with a big sign so well, that's the important thing right is like having that conversation and people that want to listen listen the people that don't want to listen can yeah yeah whatever. fully and that's what they talk about a lot when you do it is like that's how the ayahuasca still works in real life like someone drinking and channel through and look if one person listens to this and takes action that's cool mm. if one person listens to this and goes like hey maybe i'm not playing the guitar and goes and takes action then yeah. that in itself it's is win. the medicine doing the work which is a really, really like deep concept that they spoke about, but I believe it. Yeah, it's cool. cool. So that's probably one of the biggest belief systems. The other one is, and this is would be hard to hear, and we spoke about before, was getting told that everything's already happened, like your path is already yeah. set. Um, you know, having a spirit laugh at me going like, you know everything's, it is what it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one to digest. It's it interesting because, like, everything – and, like, we've had the free will discussion a, a couple of times, like, mm-hmm. on here and, like, our perception of it and all that kind of stuff. And um, one of the things that – talking to Logan yep. about, about it is that, like, even if 99% is decided for you, if there's that 1%, then it doesn't matter because, yeah. you know, at least you can alter change some. Somehow. Oh, for sure. And that's – I think that's kind of where, you know, the – everything's set yeah sure but whether you work hard or don't work hard or put in or whatever yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still going to alter the result in yeah some definitely way. it's a um, a good way for me to look at it would be trust the process it's yeah. probably a better way to do it not like hey everything seems yeah. so yeah. just sit around you know fiddle your thumbs and, and things will fall into place it was more a fact of like saying be okay like actually a better way to look at it is like be present in the moment hmm. I think that's the kind of message it was saying. Like you can like rattle on the past or like think yeah, about the future about what's gonna happen or whatever. Like it, it's already that that path is kind of there. Mm. So just focus on right now because you know it is a bit of an illusion, which is that's probably a belief that I've not a belief but a pattern that I've come back into a lot more now. Yeah. Is like not worrying about the future, like still going for it, like still wanting whatever that is whatever happens happens but being more accepting and just being like cool what can I do right now yeah, yeah that's all that matters it's um, like the difference between like ambition and <clears throat> like fear of what's coming next yeah um, and like something we spoke about on the weekend at the, the summit was like things that are in your control and things that are out of your control like if you trust the sure. process and like work on focus on the things that are in your control yep then you'll influence the outcome sure um, 100% but what the outcome is 
you can't yeah, decide that. Can't, mm. yeah. Whatever happens, yeah, whatever, whatever it ends up is where it'll end up. Yeah, because at one point um, in one of the ceremonies I was at, I, like that all got taken away from me. Like I blew reality. I had no idea who I was. Time space. I've said it to you guys before, yeah. and I think that was a great lesson to be like, "Well, if this is eternity or whatever it is, like this is now," mm-hmm. um, which is a really cool thing to do. I think you know to pull back all those curtains and be in that space at one point where your job title, who you are, your past, who you think you are, what others may think of you, like that just gets wiped away and you just have this deep conversation with yourself and multi-dimensional animals and (laughs) (laughs) snakes and well yeah I kind of selfish like I want I know you've told us this story but obviously the listeners haven't heard it tell us about the first the first experience and like go as deep and as as many animals as you want because it's it's, (laughs) I loved it the first experience was the most Chilled one. This last one, I turned into. We'll get to that. Every animal the in the animal. I want to hear the fucking snake story. Yeah. And the surgery on yourself. Yeah, fully. Before, Fill us in. Before you get stuck into that, can you tell us quickly about what your preparations like before you yeah, dive into these experiences? Yeah. So what you want to do when you come into it um, depends what you're doing. Um, you know, if people are on any kind of meds for depressions or anything like that, um, they say get off them. I think it's about. 30 or 60 days so you want to be as clean as you can coming into it Um, so it's staying away from red meat um, because like the belief system in that is you get the fear of the animals Mm -hmm. and that comes up in your trip so you can have chicken they believe like chicken doesn't they don't feel fear before they get their heads cut off yeah Um, staying away from any kind of like coke or at least the drugs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if that's your thing um, a funny one is you got to stay away from sex yeah. a week coming into it um, because the energies can just kind a of week. yeah a week a week yeah. 10 days yeah that, that one was working one of the easiest working week right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, which is you know it's interesting because it can come up if you're sitting especially if you're sitting in someone with the ceremony that you've been with recently you can really mm. go at each other yeah. on that so the prep is just to be as clean as you can it's a lot of stuff i avoid a lot of social media and news and stuff like that coming into it um just to be as clean as you can in your going inwards rather than worry about everything else yeah the like noise. the external noise or the all the shit that's happening in the world because like i said it's an awareness thing so if you're seeing and taking in a lot of like low vibration stuff yeah that can that can screw you around because first one i did it was probably the wrong time of the year for me to book because it was on new year's <laughs> day so myself and my mate being in la the week before we weren't the cleanest we've ever been coming into it yeah and it really took me the first night um what kind of happens in it is you've got to be clean to to enter the spiritual world on it right so I was drinking away on the first night and just spewing and seeing nothing. I was like, what the hell? This is G up. What's going on? Flown all the way to Costa Rica. But the more that I understood and processed it was, it was like purging for me and cleaning because I wasn't right to go through there. So perhaps not too hard for me. I don't really eat that much red meat Mm. as it is. It's more 
because um, this thing like milk and aged cheese and whatnot there's a bit of a diet but yeah. that's also very like up for debate with a few few people mm. yeah nice so the snake yeah um, this is an interesting one because also my perception of this snake story has changed yeah. since the second that's one that's cool um, so what happened was there's only four things that can really happen in a trip is you get this thing called Pinta, which is the visions, like the intense visions, kind of like what's happening on your laptop right now. Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's taking me back. <laughs> so Pinta, that's where you get the visions and all the kind of stuff that happens within that. Your second thing that can happen on the medicine is you get the consult where you will see some kind of, you know, whether it be an animal, a spirit, a woman, whoever it is, and you actually have this consult yeah, with wow. this person where you ask questions and you get responses. Mm-hmm. And trust me, you've got to ask real questions. Like mm-hmm. I was asking very materialistic shit questions at one point and I was getting thrown around. Like I was getting slapped basically. Felt like someone was slapping me in the face. I was like, okay, I need to go deeper on this stuff. Um, you can get absolutely nothing, which is a funny one. It's called NIDA. And so when that happens... The belief is that the ancestors and the healers and, and the medicine that's doing the work is doing such an intense session on you that you wouldn't be able to handle it in the real world. Oh, yeah. Which is very interesting to see when you might have, you know, a small woman go up and drink three cups and sit there in complete peace and just watch guys and girls vomit, spewing shit everywhere. Mm. Or in one case on the ones I was at, a guy who would have been, you know, 110 kilos, big unit, take one cup and had to get dragged out of the room because he was just spewing so much everywhere and going crazy. Yeah. So what happens is as well, when you're in that space, you stay in the space because everyone plays a role. Mm. You can't, you know, take and then someone goes out, hangs on the hammock yeah. and another one goes to their own different, room. So many different energies. The energies do it and the medicine plays its own roles within it which is crazy. You could, you know, if you were sitting there with 20 people and in the morning you go, hey, who got, you know, the sacred surgery or, or this or this, it's evenly split, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Yeah. And yeah, the other one is the sacred surgery, which I got heavily. And what that is, it's funny because it happened to um, Gary from Zelos as yeah. well, um, one of the guys that we work with at Alchemy went over and, and tried it and he got this sacred surgery as well, which was a good story, but... Yeah, what happened with me was I'd been holding on to a shoulder injury for, I'd say, two years, at least two years. And it was an overuse injury. It was a bit of bursitis. Um, you know, it wasn't just an instant kind of thing that happened to me. Yeah. And when I went to Costa Rica, I had no intention at all about going there and this the having anything to do with my shoulder. I went there more for the kind of experience, heard a lot about it whatnot. And... Second night, I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden, hundreds, maybe thousands of snakes come up to my face and start talking to me and asking me a question of, hey, do I, do I want my shoulder to get fixed? Yeah. And of course, I'm going, yes. Is this like you're sitting there, eyes open, seeing them? Or yeah. is it more like eyes, so eyes open? Eyes open, yeah. yeah. So that, that's the cool thing about it is Yes, you can open your eyes a lot of the time and you'll still get that to a level. Mm-hmm. 
close your eyes and you go to a whole different place most of the time but it kind of plays that role with you as well you don't you don't have much control over that it'll kind of play in and out and so what's happened is I've seen all these snakes um, they've asked me if I wanted to fix my shoulder I said a big yes and before that happened they said to me in order for me to fix your shoulder you first need to heal the room it's like oh okay <laughs> here we go yeah so I in my body I turned into a snake and so I'm (laughs) slithering around I'm moving my hands and I'm I'm fully belief now that I'm a snake and I hit the floor and I start rolling around and slithering to people within the ceremony and would sit at the end of their bed and start snaking out and every single time that I did that they're laying down eyes closed they would sit up and purge and I was energetically seeing like all this trauma and throwing it out of my body. It was, it was intense. Yeah. And the shaman came up to me at one point and he said to me, he's like, I know what's going on at the moment. And he said, you know, you're about to go through hell, but just know that you're doing it for the room and this is a good thing. And it was some of the toughest, I'd say hour and a half, two hours of my life. Yeah. Just, you know, hairs out, spews everywhere. I'm just taking in all this intense energy and then vomiting it out into a bucket like just consistently going just rolling on my side just just going for it um but the cool thing was after that i went back to my bed and just kind of sat there in my own stillness as one arm was going crazy my bad arm and it was just flying around now you guys can't see this on the podcast but <laughs> it can was, confirm he's moving yeah. his arm around <laughs> And it was just going in directions that my shoulder hadn't been in in years. And what I was processing, what was happening was saying like, hey, this is how much movement you haven't had in two years from being in stillness because I wasn't using it or wasn't lifting weights, wasn't doing anything. And it was throwing it and it was going crazy. And as it was happening, it kept saying to me like, we're about to tell you what this injury is. And so I'm seeing snakes getting wrapped around my fibers, all this kind of shit. And then a big vision came up and was saying that you've been holding on to this injury for years because in a past life, you know, when I was 15, 16, 17, I was semi-professional tennis player. And tennis is a crazy expensive sport. And as soon as I realized when I was 17, well, I think it was about 16, that how much money my parents were spending on me for tennis for the sport that um, you know I wasn't going to p- pursue I quit yeah. it and in this trip it was saying I'd been holding on to this injury for years as shame and guilt for how much time yeah. and money my parents invested for me and you know I got to a, quite a good stage in the tennis and then I just dropped it at you know just dropped it and so as soon as I accepted that, then I started vomiting up shame and guilt, which is a really th- weird thing yeah. to explain. But I was just purging and crying and just releasing all this stuff. It's like, you can stop hanging on to that now. It doesn't serve you. Like, they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They're not sitting back going, like, I can't believe, you know, all these years. Like, I can't believe he stopped playing tennis after all that money. But it was like the story I was telling myself. And this is what's interesting about what we spoke about before, like those unconscious traumas. Yeah that you take on that you don't know on a conscious level like never in a million years would you have thought of that since I'm 17 really have I thought like 
oh, you know, I feel guilty for how much money they spent. Or sitting there at my shoulder going, oh, this will fix once I get that, that shame and guilt out. And it did, and it was just like, it's a really shit thing in a way because it's such a subjective split test. I've talked to, obviously, being in the gym industry, I've talked to a lot of physios and chiros about yeah. this. Very split down the middle, obviously. Yeah. And, like, the tough thing is, and it doesn't really affect me because it's my own experience in a way, is it's such a pain test. Like, give me, you know, what was it before and what was it after? Yeah. Like, I don't have... For me, it's like I went from not being able to do overhead, anything overhead, to doing it pain-free, yeah. which I think is the test. But for me, it went from, I'd say, about high seven, eight pain to zero overnight, yeah. which and is insane. Yeah. That's one of the things, like, from a S&C uh, exercise point of view and from a rehab point of view, Yeah, we can get caught up in that, oh, no, it shouldn't work like that or it shouldn't mm. happen like that, but if you've gone from a seven to a zero something's happened yeah. and if it works and it has worked then play on sure it's a it's a fairly uh, probably expensive <laughs> mode of rehab but hey well it's uh, cheaper than me doing the two years <laughs> been saying that like I saw awesome physios and chiros and it's nothing against that like yeah. it's not that doesn't work well that's the thing yeah but I now have a belief system in like direct pain and then indirect pain mm. Of and I think I heard I think it was Eugene or one of the boys on the Mind Muscle Project talk about this um, when they're talking about like, people with back problems and talking about how some people can have slipped discs and have zero pain mm. and then other people don't and have heaps of pain. It's like this mind muscle kind of connection of oh, I've got a low, I've got a sore back today, yeah. and then you buy into that over time mm-hmm. and create and you're the story. guy with the sore back. Sore yeah. Back. Whereas you know you could be walking around with a slip disc at the moment and be pain free yeah. because of that mind muscle thing. And yeah, when I when I heard that podcast, I was like, fuck, that's probably the closest thing I'm getting to that description mm. of what was going on with me because yeah. I still obviously believe that injuries, injuries, and direct suffering. But we have no idea. Like on a from a level of understanding for our, how our conscious to subconscious works we have no idea and how that interacts with our body yeah like really like we've got two percent understanding and yeah. like i have always been and this is kind of the dogma that i kind of had was that it's science of science mm. what we can prove we can prove that's the way things work like the whole like any faith system's ridiculous all that kind of like that was my belief sure. system for a long period of time and now like over the last couple of years i've been not like moving away from it i still dive back there sometimes mm. but reading books and ha- like biology of belief and stuff like that and having conversations of like this you start to realise that we've got no fucking clue what's happening yeah <laughs> and, and like we are just everyone's just trying to figure it out and if something works then whether it's placebo whether it's a snake spirit whether it's just good rehab doesn't fucking matter yeah like as, if we can like perfect world we can bottle it identify what it is and then repeat it mm. but you know I think we get stuck in the needing to understand too sure. often and look I still very much am in the rehab world in mm. that space like yeah. I since coming back from that first time I fixed my injury yeah. I've been training twice as hard on rehab stuff mm. because I'm like I now have a pain free capacity to do it yeah I've got a pain free way to do it I'm now not going to go crazy and try and get the biggest chest in Australia and fucking not use my back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming from like probably what started the the overuse or whatever it was. 
But the funny thing was, second time I went back, this time in the US, I went deeper in terms of wanting to go more into the into the realm of the consciousness. Yeah. And I remember sitting there in one of the ceremonies and one of the shamans said to me, he said, Jaden, are you healthy? And I said, yes. And I kind of walked back to my bed and was like, that was somewhat of a little bit of a lie because I'd had this shoulder, uh, not shoulder, this neck kind of injury that has kind of been playing with me for the last, you know, three to six months. Yeah. Especially on like ring dips and stuff like that. Like, which is this kind of tension thing that can hold on to me a bit. And as soon as it kicked in on the first night, it threw me on my stomach and was like, you can't lie to me. <laughs> and it went through my body and just kind of like shook my body crazy and was pushing down on my neck and doing all this stuff. And it fixed my, fixed my neck. Yeah, well. I was like, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> Round two. Um, so, yeah, I'm obviously a massive believer in, in the right setting, the right injury. It can, it can do some pretty wild things, I'll mind. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, that diving into that consciousness and the subconsciousness, like, it's, re- it's obviously really hard to, like, articulate how it mm. felt and what you thought and, and then kind of, like, explain it to other people. Yeah. What's your just have a crack like what's your best explanation as to like what it feels like to be under or on it yeah yeah sure I think the best thing to say before you say this as well because there's probably people who have listened to this and have done it as well Mm. and I think the one thing that you need to take in respect with it is no one is further along it or like at the start like I'm no better than someone who's only done it once or like I don't see someone who's sat 50 times like they're now they like Just no one's the expert on yeah. it. It's such a subjective thing. Um, like my mission with it is just to kind of talk about it, to share an experience, but it's not like, hey, this is this is what will happen because like I've done it, you know. <laughs> um, and one of the one of the shamans did a really cool post about this. Is like every single experience is so subjective and so different. But my best crack at it is. And especially from the last one I did, the last one I did was very, like, it was a strong, strong batch. And not saying this from an ego place, but most people do about two to three cups over two days. And I went through it and did 10. So I absolutely, like, went there with the intention of taking me to the deepest part of it. Yeah. And the best way to explain it would be you absolutely lose everything. You have no control. You have no control of of what you see, what your thoughts are. You go in with intentions, which is cool. Um, and most, <laughs> yeah, no, most, most people get their intentions. Yeah. If you sit with the right person, um, it's, you know, if anyone out there has probably, you know, dabbled in acid or, or mushrooms or some, some kind of those psychedelics, the thing is you see a lot with your eyes on that. So you could sit here and be like, oh, yeah, that, that picture looks cool. You know, you know that it's just your visuals doing this. Yeah. When you're in the deepness of the ayahuasca, you're in your own world and you're kind of seen through your third eye. Like your third eye opens and you get put into a new world, which can be scary. Mm. Um, so me, on my personal experiences, I see a lot of visions and I go into like back in time or like I'm speaking with aliens or... <laughs> turning me sorry the biggest thing that I do is I shapeshift so I turn into animals turn into elephants turn into snakes turn into tadpoles I go through the whole process yeah wow um 
so yeah I think like I said it's a massive awareness tool and everyone's different mm. everyone's different um, yeah it very much comes down to and this is a big thing as well it really comes down to who's running it like who's been with the medicine what's their background and I, I learned that like the good way with sitting with the guy who I sat with last title who I'd heard so much about and I'd done some other ones which I thought were they, they're all legit right but this was the Super Bowl and having a shaman that does intense healings can hold the room um, you know he's so deep in the medicine that he knows when a woman gets a period because it hurts him and it happened in one of our ceremonies he kind of walked out just holding on to himself like he'd been shot and had to move that woman upstairs so mm-hmm. if you find someone like that then then yeah but it's it's just a reset it's a it's a tune the guitar it's getting everything served to you good and bad to accept it you know the, tr- the stuff that you don't want to see will come up you'll get hit with that you'll go through pain you'll spew it out you'll cry it out you'll piss it out whatever but then on the other side of that you can end up in the most euphoric utopia place that you just the, the best description would be if there was a heaven you, you can so end up there yeah. and you just sit back and you don't think about Virtus you don't think about this you just like this grand party of life you'll think a lot about like the people close to you but you don't think about like fuck what am I going to do you know I wonder if work's going okay because you just get blown out of that you go past that level yeah and way way deeper into into the unknown into a dream state that's the best way for me to explain it it's like being in an intense dream that you're con- yeah, awake yeah. to yeah how did you find like the surrender to it because I can imagine there being a certain amount of resistance yeah like, going into it sure I had that happen to me when I went and saw Taito um, because I because I built it up so much it kind of slaps you mm. and so what happens is a lot of the times when you want something it won't give you that so if you go in and you're like oh, I want to have intense visuals I want to have this I want to have this you might get absolutely nothing and it's kind of like we'll give you a lesson in that and so going back to this one like the surrender you just get to a point where you can't hold on anymore like the more that you try and fight it the more that you'll get kicked around so it's like okay I have to accept this but inside the journey as well there are kind of paths that you can go you can see like the dark side and the fucking rainbows and it's your decision which one you want to take and doing it well is going into the darkness because that's where the growth comes from you could sit there if you wanted to in a way and just kind of be in happy land but then you're wasting the experience so it's like taking you to hell to see heaven which is interesting throughout the process as well you know you're sitting there for 12 hours and at one point you just go this is this is mental this is absolutely mental everyone's losing their shit why why would you put yourself through this why would anyone put yourself through this and then you come to the morning and everyone's buzzing and glowing and yeah. So you get to kind of see both ends, which is 
probably important, right? Yeah, you've got to. It takes all that stuff out of you, brings it to the surface, makes you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Something that you don't do in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's something that's going on right now. You can, you can easily pull out your phone, get distracted and be like, nope, not dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> not dealing with that. Yeah. Um, but it's always going to come back up eventually. It will come back up. And it's a good way to to be dealt with it when it's just you and yourself and, and going like cool okay if this comes up I've got to deal with it it's going to fucking suck but it's going to give me an awesome lesson do you record your like perception of the experiences like write it down or do a voice note or yeah, something yeah so on the one of the ones I did over there which was really cool we did San Pedro the next day which is you know it's a heart opening plant med and it's kind of it openly lets you talk and so you write a lot of things down I, on my first trip, probably would have liked to write a few more things down. But then I also think I, after that experience, there was a lot of like, how cool was this thing that I did? Well, the yeah. second time I went around and after I did my first ceremony and went back to it and sat with people that are deep in it and really, really respect it, I'm like, no, this is, this is a tool. Mm. This, is, this is legit. This is something that needs to be taken with the utmost respect. And so from that, I had such insane experiences on that that you would never forget. And I think like a great example of this, and it's funny coming coming straight after Logan, talking about truth was one of the biggest things that hit me on that first night was I got up and tried to take a piss. And I got there, which was a struggle. I don't know how I got there. I was dragging myself to actually find that. And then as I came out to get back in the room, there was a mat on the floor which had a circle inside it. And I just got dragged into that thing for two hours and it was the circle of truth. And so I, every time I would step in it, which it would like forcefully make me do, I would just get hit with truth bombs about myself and vomit them up. <laughs> so intense. I'm sure there's a lot of what happens in the night that you don't remember in like beyond probably two or three days, but that's the kind of the space in between the intensity of what you need to know which is yeah a lot of people do journal for me I'm like no I want to process it because the thing is I'm still processing now you know still I'm still on the diet I'm still going through it and that happens for a long time Um, so yeah I think you could write it down you could write for yourself but now I'm kind of more set on like cool process it take it in this is what I'm going to do in my life now this isn't what I'm going to do and you kind of go on your way there yeah, that's cool. Was it hard to start taking action straight after, like once you've processed it, once you've digested everything that's come to the surface? Mm. Like, we're talking about, like, the path is already laid out for you. Yeah. But are there things that you have been compelled to do or, like, have you found it difficult to execute? Um, this time around, no because a lot of what I got slapped with was just my own health. Yeah. Um, so that hasn't been a tough one to do because going through the whole fat shaming yourself thing, like that's a super easy action item task for me. Like that was a big takeaway of my trip. Um, you know, I've got my 10 year reunion coming up in a month and a bit and my role would have been to go there and get fucked up for two days because that's kind of who I am and what I do 
and it said to me it's like you're making a deal with me like you're not going and you're not doing that so a lot of things that happen yeah. like that I'm like you know what and I actually feel more balanced and in touch with myself knowing that because it was like the old role that I would have played so a lot of kind of going back to your question like processing things like that it's not tough but it's just different mm. it's different from people who probably I went to school with like when they know that I'm not going and staying at home yeah. you know say so well um, but that's cool that's where the growth comes in mm. and that's where some of the big slaps and hugs come in yeah probably gives you more I guess ownership on, and because you can choose and decide and, mm. and I guess old Jaden might have gone if yeah, I'm going to go and get pissed two days and you know I'm gonna, probably not going to feel great about myself afterwards but you Jaden can be like cool I know where I'm at yeah and it's a massive acceptance which is cool like I'm not dwelling on it I'm actually like super detached from it I'm not stoked and I'm not unstoked it's, it is <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> yeah it is and I think that's a lot of the stuff that comes from it it's just like acceptance and like okay cool I get it. I like that. Sick. And hence why, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this now for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. like at least once a year. At least once a year just to kind of fine-tune it again because every time you go back, there's something new. Mm, yeah. And it's like, cool. And I kind of had that come down from the last one. I reckon at about like the October, November mark, I did start going back to some old patterns. So yeah. it was great that I went back there. And it's like, okay, now I'll get it like you'll ride out this height for a while you'll do like the tuning thing will kind of go past and if you don't you don't play you don't do the other work yeah. then you're the same person yeah eight months down the track well it's not like it gives you the keys to the city and everything's sweet right yeah. it, just gives, it just gives you that like little reminder slash here's a couple of tools to start changing things mm. and here's a slight shift in mindset but if you decide to not do these things you're just going to go back to the thing yeah it's like any kind of habit. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> but the cool thing about this habit is it's not controlled by anyone but yourself. You know, yeah. no one is pushing it on you like, hey, look, you should really, you know, get back into your training mm. or you should be doing this and this because it's someone else's beliefs pushed on you. Yeah. Which so only lasts as long as it lasts. So to have your own beliefs slapped on you, it's like, cool. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, the, the shaman took a liking to you this time, right? Yeah, <laughs> he did. So this is this is wild, and this is this is just the power of of how crazy this can all get. So I'll tell this story. Won't go for too long. Worth <laughs> it. Yeah, we got time. So to kind of frame out how how this one went is, I did four nights. So split over two ceremonies. One um, Saturday, Sunday, took a week off, did another Saturday, Sunday. First one I did were with these two women shaman who I met before, they're awesome. And the role of that one was kind of going into the feminine Peru brew that those women do, which was really cool. And then I had a week um, until I saw Taita, who was the big the big masculine one that I'd heard a lot about. So this is kind of when it all changed for me, right? When I understood, okay, there is like a level above and people are kind of playing on this level of consciousness that you don't see in, in everyday life, right? Yeah. 
and going back to that story that I was telling you about before with being stuck in that circle of truth I, I was fully stuck I wasn't coming out of it and after it was turning into a reality like into the truth and I was just so over just getting slapped in that and vomiting I was like oh can someone just help me I couldn't even yell out to anyone because I was so deep deep in my um, journey it then turned into hell and so this circle was hell and it was dragging me into it and at that at that time I'm like oh I'm dying I'm like this is it I'm getting taken away this is hell this sucks <laughs> like this is really and I started like shaking and crying I'm like I don't want to go yet like I don't want to go yet just let me see it through I don't want to go yet and I'm sitting there and I'm just going, please, like, don't, don't let me die this way. This sucks. <laughs> and then as soon as that happens, this vision comes into my, into where I'm at. And it's tighter. And it's the shaman that I'm seeing the next weekend. And I obviously hadn't met him before, but I knew what he looked like. I'd seen photos, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm in this bathroom having this conversation with Tita. And I'm, yeah. I'm going, I need help. He's like, good. He's like, I'm seeing you next weekend. He's like, I'm not going to be easy on you. He's like, I'm going to be stern. He's like, I'm going to take you on. He's like, be prepared. He's like, I can help you get out of this, like out of the hell trip that I was in. I was like, yeah, cool. He's like, I need you to give me something though. He's like, if you, you want to get out of this, I need you to give me something. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm leaning over the bench at this time. I'm talking to him and I'm like, actually having a conversation now. I'm like, okay, Tata, okay, okay. I'm saying that out loud. And then one of the craziest things that will ever happen is my hand started shaking in front of my face. And it's just shaking and shaking and shaking. And it gets drawn closer and closer to my body. And then it touches my heart. And then my heart comes out of my chest and it shakes and it comes out and I'm still shaking away and then I kind of like give it to him and as soon as I gave it to him I snapped out of it I snapped out of the hell hole and I walked back to my bed and just kind of like laid there and just like sunk it in for a while and sobered up for a little bit right and so that that was a thing in itself right and that happened did another ceremony the night after and then the next week I went and saw, saw Taita, which was, um, which was awesome. And one of the things that happened was I didn't tell him at that point what had happened the week before because I didn't want that to play into it. Like yeah. if that was just like a weird kind of coincidence, like thing, I didn't want to be like, hey, dude, just letting you know, <laughs> you've got my heart, <laughs> like, uh, whatever. And so... The first night, I really set myself the intention of drinking as much as possible to have an ego death, blow myself out. Like really, if you're going to go for it, yeah. how far can you you do it? Not from like, I want to be a loose unit, like come back, tell everyone yeah. out. I'm like, no, if you've come all the way to see this person, this guy's the real deal, which he is, totally believe that. And so I did five cups, blew myself out of reality, had the biggest fit in front of everyone. But everyone's going crazy. And what happens when you sit there is the next morning you can't let anything leave the room. So if you have a question or you have a concern or you want to do something, you've got to speak with the person who serves you, right? Yeah. Can't go back. You know, come back to Sydney and be like, hey, man, can I, can I talk to oh, someone about it? Yeah. Um, 
So I said to Tato, I was like, obviously last night I went for it, did five cups. Everyone knows what happened. Had a massive blowout. Um, should I aim for that again tonight? Or is there balance? Yeah. Like, should I just have one cup now? Like, you, you really went for it last night. Just chill tonight and do it. And he only speaks Spanish. So he's got his interpreter there, Carlos. And Carlos starts speaking in Spanish to Taito. And then he laughs. And he goes, Jaden, last night was just the rehearsal. He goes, tonight is the grand party. Tonight is going to be much more intense than last night. And I'd blown it the night before. Thought I'd like, at one point I was like, I've died. Ambulance are in here. They're dragging me out. It's going to be on the news. I died. I like I ayahuasca thing I'm in eternity I believe that for a long time in that trip so me sitting there going like fuck that was that was the first one (laughs) and so what he said to me he's like tonight I want you to listen listen to the medicine the medicine will tell you how much you need to drink okay cool so I go and I do one cup and I go back and I'm laying there for about 20-25 minutes and it hasn't really hit me and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm going to go for it again tonight. This is a sign. I'm going to go. I'm going to go crazy. And as soon as I, that thought leaves my mind, I start purging, and I can't get it out of my throat. So I, at that time, it wasn't like a vision, or it wasn't like a hallucin. You weren't hallucinating. Like I was literally choking on my own vomit. And I couldn't swallow it. And I couldn't vomit it out. And so I'm there going, fucking dying, the most gruesome death in the world. I would not wish this on my worst enemy. It was by far the most horrific feeling, slow death kind of thing that I could imagine. And so luckily enough, I've been able to roll over and crawl to one of the healers there. And at this time, at this stage, I'm crying. And I grab him and I bring him in close. I'm like, Carlos, I don't want to die this way. Like, this is gruesome please don't let me die choking on my own vomit. Yeah. And then all the healers come over and they start pushing me down and kind of getting myself over and just, they're just going, just breathe, just breathe. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm going and they're like, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. And then I lose control. Vomit, piss, everything just starts coming out of me and my body goes into a fit. So I have this intense, intense, Episode and everyone's still in silence at this point. So for the first couple of hours, everyone's in silence and you just kind yeah. of process, right? And so I've had this fit, spewed everything, hit the deck, and then I pass out. And as soon as I come out of that and come back into the space, everything changed in that ceremony and I started communicating with Taita in the ayahuasca. So he sits in a separate room right next to him. He just sits there most of the night and just blesses the medicine, talks into the medicine, sings like the Eucharist into the medicine. You'll come in and get healings off him. You'll come drink when he's in there, but he stays in there to control the medicine, right? And this is by far the most intense thing that has ever happened to me. And there's been a few things (laughs) in my life. Um, The ayahuasca started talking through me and I started verbally speaking in a different voice. And so after I've passed out in front of everyone, I sit up and I start going, Data! Data! 
and he's grunting back at me and I'm going in this weird voice that I've just picked up and I'm just going data bring me more medicine data and so I've just lost my shit in front of everyone and I'm asking to drink more but it's not me like asking for it and I'm there I'm going data thank you for this gift data <laughs> thank you this is not for me data so this is for it's for all of us data we are all one I would drink for all of us data thank you and this is happening in my head I'm going like what the fuck is going on what's coming out of my mouth I'm basically throwing myself under the bus and I'm taking the hit for the whole I'm taking the hit for the whole room I'm going to drink all the ayahuasca under the sun and it's going and then I'm having this like really intense like conversation with him and people are sitting up and they're going like what the hell is going on and I'm just going da 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 and then they're like, let me help you back to your bed. And I was like, no, I will crawl. And I'm, I'm having these like servant things. I'm like, I will crawl. I will crawl for Taita. I will crawl. And I'm dragging myself across the floor. I get myself into the bed. And from that point, it really understood with me what it meant by listening to the medicine. And so I went back and I did another five cups. <laughs> another four. Like, so I did four, five in total. Yeah. Right? But as the whole experience was going through, I was just connected to him. There was nothing else. There was no like, you know, any kind of consults or whatever. It was like I was playing on this level with him that was going, going at each other. And so when I go in to get my, and throughout the night, I'm just like yelling at him at random points, just going, and it's all happening. And then, I go into the healing room and as you go in there, they use these tools like agua, they drink and they spit it on you and do the healings and the fans. It's fucking intense. One of the most intense, beautiful things you can do. And I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden this vision comes up and it says, Jane, you need to speak to Carlos, who is his interpreter. You need to tell him that I'm speaking to you right now and I want you to honour Taita. I want you to honour him and hand over your name. And that's one conversation that really can spin you. Like he can throw you out. It threw me out. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, what do I do? Do I not listen to what I'm being told and go back to my bed and just kind of act like nothing is happening? This whole episode isn't happening right now. Or do I go and hand over and say, this is what's happening, right? And so I do. I'm like, this is too much of a, too much of a thing, right? And so I say to Carlos, I go, Carlos, the medicine's asking me to honour Taita's name. I don't know what this means. Can you speak to Taita? And so they go and have this conversation in Spanish and then he comes over to me and puts his hand on my forehead and he gives me this blessing. He's like, yes, yes. And as soon as I accepted that, the whole world spun around. As I was saying to you guys before, this intense thing, everything spun, like the vortex, just going crazy. I was like, what is happening? And it stopped. And as soon as it stopped, still right now, I've never ever felt so much peace and acceptance and understanding of everything, right? To the point, said before, I really thought that I could live off water that like it was, um, I was so pure that I'm like fuck I've just become immortal which obviously <laughs> you don't think an hour 
an hour or two later, right? And in that moment when that happened, you know, I've had a past where I've had issues with like gambling and all this kind of stuff. And I've always thought, and even in my deepest things where I've had those nights where I just lose the plot, drop heaps of money, get pissed, come home and kind of sit there and go, what the fuck is wrong with me? I always knew that there was some kind of imbalance in my life. And as soon as that happened, it's wiped. Yeah, well. Which is something I don't think I'll ever be able to explain. And long story short, after all this kind of stuff happens, what I then find out is Taita isn't his name. It's a title. And it gets handed down through the medicine. So his name is Taita Juanito. And he's got that honour as a Taita. And there's only a handful in the world. And so what's happened to me is through this experience, I've found out that I'm someone that can channel through the ayahuasca, which is a really fucking hard thing to come back into the real life with. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> it is different, but I've never, ever felt more right. Yeah. And look, to me right now, it's not something that I'm going to take up right this minute. I've still got so much unfinished business I want to do here with businesses and whatnot, but I could definitely see, I want not see myself, I know I will be doing this work in five years time easy and yeah it's it's absolutely wild and then to finish it off he took me in the room and he grabs like puts his hand and he puts it back into my heart he's like oh, you well. can have this back now <laughs> and I was just like no that's me done that's me done yeah and it just blew and it's wild and the most magical thing about it all really was more the sense of how much that affected the room more so than me because that's kind of what it was channeling yep. it's like hey this isn't you like this is me coming through you for this and a lot of people who sit with him go on tour with him where they might sit 30 40 times a year with him mm. and just follow him around and having those conversations with some of the women and the guys there saying like that was the most ridiculous beautiful thing i've ever seen mm. it's just a really really overwhelming but amazing Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's really, there's so much to process, and I have a lot of different questions. But I guess <clears throat> far away. If we go like past Wallace, where we've got a lot of like I and I, and there's obviously some doubts and stuff come up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but knowing you and, and appreciating you and all, like the journey you've been on and stuff, like it obviously gives everything that you talk about a lot more weight than if mm. someone on the street would be like, you're a fucking idiot, carry on. So how do you deal with, I don't know if backlash is the right word, but like yeah. there's obviously a lot of charlatans in the world doing fucking weird shit oh, yeah. Don't doesn't do anything. How do you kind of talk about that and like address that? Yeah. So this is like, I'll semi-answer that question first. Yeah. That's also been one of the most intense things about what happened was going through that after process of like accepting what's going to be said about this. Mm. Because to the untrained eye, if I heard one of my mates say this or whatever, I'd be like, he's fucking lost. (laughs) Which is a great acceptance because it's, it's someone else's thing. And like for me, it's like if I'm completely... 100% 100% still know that I'm like in tune I'm not off with the fairies mm. not any more than I was before <laughs> yeah. then that's all that kind of matters yeah and yeah going back to the kind of the shamans and, and the real deal 
it is one of those things where, like I said, I don't think anyone subjectively is better than the other one. I think the only thing where this goes wrong is where people don't treat it right. Mm. You know, I spoke to someone post doing my trip and they're like, oh, yeah, I've done ayahuasca before it was it was real funny like we drank it and then the shaman went like back into his other room and was like drinking whiskey and watching tv i'm like eh. it's like doing a fucking crossfit class of fitness first and going <laughs> a crossfit gym yeah. like they're not the same thing mm. and i think that's probably the kind of as this gets more open to the western world it has its ups and downs yeah you know a lot more people are going to hear about it and use it as a tool and fully believe it can really change the yeah. world and then the flip side of that is there are a lot of westerners doing it so there are a lot of cowboy shamans who can set up shop mm. um, and people wouldn't know the difference right? they wouldn't know the difference yeah. I think that's why you need to do the research and if anyone was listening and wanting to do it my best two recommendations would be a place in Costa Rica called Rhythmia that's where I first started yep. which is a great tool because you go through it's like a, it is a five-star resort. And so you have so much aftercare, you have so much information, you know, you really get your hand held through it, especially if you've never delved into, dove into anything else before, right? Yeah. And it gives you the tools where they use medicines from, you know, across the world, um, Peru, Colombia, there's even a Hawaiian brew maybe, don't quote me on that. But you can find out what you like and you don't like. Because some people love the Colombian, and hate the Peru and vice versa. A lot of people don't like their Colombian one because it's the, the, masculine, the masculine one. Yep. It's tough. And then the other one is, is Taita, who's at a place called Finca Abawasi down in Colombia. And, you know, he is, him and his team are real deal. He's been working with it since he was seven. His great granddad's still a shaman. He's 109 and does ceremonies still. Yeah. So the lineage of that is amazing yeah and basically what happened to me on that night was like a rebirth for the medicine of Taita and the the Taita that I sat with he's 29 and that's happened to him five times and Mm -hmm. most people will be lucky to have it once out of the very small amount of people in the world that happens to so yeah I I would suggest if you do it don't just bite the bullet and find someone in the Blue Mountains who says they've got a bit of it. Um, <laughs> if you do, cool. Like, it's still like, <laughs> all the same kind of thing. And, like, yeah. once again, like, not rinsing on those people, but, like, they could and be those is, people. But yeah. I think just do the research because if you – it's so, so important who does that, who, who holds the energy, who serves it, that if you do take massive shortcuts for convenience, you're going to get, you know, a minuscule of what it actually is. And you'll probably go, no, yeah. I'm doing this again. Having experienced what you've experienced, do you feel as though in a certain way it's kind of like your duty to share the message? Yeah. It was my duty before what happened at the Taita thing. So I actually have a, got a bit of a notebook here from the San Pedro. So when I did the San Pedro after the first ayahuasca trip, I was writing down dot, dot points. And one of them was like spread the message. Cool. share your wisdom with the world that was one of them and that was just coming from like what happened beforehand mm. I was just going cool you've spoken to a lot of people about your first experience but you put a lens on that which probably you shouldn't have in a way 
which was like, fuck me, I turned into a snake. <laughs> you know, some guy fucking hey, did this story. and this, and then everyone's just like, oh, I can't wait to hear the loose stories and whatnot. So it wasn't giving it justice. It wasn't giving it justice. And then when I went deep in this next one and worked with six or seven different medicines at one time and got the full depth of how it works, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you need to come back and tell a different story. You know, it's good to, you know, there will always be that funny side to it. Like anything that you do when you get in those states, so they can, there's yeah. always one way that you could, you know, share. And there was other stories that kind of happened in that one that yeah. were funny. But if the purpose is to, to share the message and, you know, maybe it affects one person, yeah. tell it right. Yeah. Which was cool. I got like a lot of things out of this journalist here in front of me. It's funny to go through it speak nothing but the truth that was the first one yeah. I think that was probably my biggest takeaway from the first experience I did yeah and I'm sure we're all probably guilty of this is like adding a bit of GST to everything <laughs> and it was like slapping me with that yeah. it was like yeah. you know a lot of people will talk about you know where they are in terms of success or whatever and then add that little bit on top mm-hmm. and it happens across everything probably happens in your gym with how much you back squat <laughs> So it was really kind of slapping me in that sense of just going like, fuck that. Like you have to speak absolute truth. That's yeah, the only, it's important. That's the only way. 65 kilos for anyone asking. Yeah. Two glues. Got, got five on top of me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's really exciting. And like, obviously you said there's more to do here Yeah. in terms of before you kind of explore that area. Like what, what, is, it, what is it that you want to do or that you... Um, working on a new business now I want to completely get that to where where we want it to get to Um, I want to walk away with not walk away but move into it with absolutely no burdens like financially be free free enough to go on that like another funny thing that's changed for me I'm sure a lot of people in this boat is like my success now is so different to what it was before like my success was fucking making as much money as I can, having the sickest house, you know, this, this, like that long-term goal. Yeah. For me, it's like the polar opposite now. It's like being lucky enough to work with something which I fully believe is a healer and can help people. And if that means that I'm fucking living in Colombia for the rest of my life, then that's okay. Mm. Um, but I want to be in that place where... You can make all my kind of like debts and stuff are paid off I've got cash there to travel and do all that but it's not like hey I you know, want to put a deposit down on a house or do this and just really play the, play the long game with it you know I'll be going back in the next year or two to just go sit with Tyter again and just go through that and just yeah. really make sure that I'm still working with it and then go for it like I'm in no rush either it's a lifelong journey it is a lifelong journey and I think if I went now when I'm not probably set up to do that there would be a lot of negativity because I believe like if through the medicine I'm there to heal other people I've got to be my best self as well and so I'm not at the moment like I've got work to do fitness you know everything like you've got to be in abundance to do this kind of work of course um so yeah, it's cool. a it's a journey. It's exciting, right? Big responsibility, yeah. right? Huge responsibility. At one point, I need like I need to change my name, which is that's a hectic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Logistically, logistically, because when, when I was in it, it was like, your name's now just Taita. Yeah. Like that's it, no last name. But then once I've come back and I've started like, it's going to be really hard to find you on Facebook. Filling out my passports and shit like that. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to move Jaden to my middle name. Became my full name. I logistically, logistically don't want to go through that nightmare. You said with the old work email, not having that dot .com. I'm like, that's a big enough pest as it is. <laughs> you know, this email doesn't work with our server. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Not having our last name is going to be... That's going to be a little annoying. So look, and another wild thing that happened on top of that is, no offense to mum and dad if you're listening. Shout out. Shout out to mum and dad. <laughs> this, is a, this is a deep thing and this is a really big takeaway from it is all through life when I've had my name, I don't think I've really like walked into it with confidence and some great examples are like going to a cafe like what's your name Jaden like Jason Jared this or this <laughs> and I think that like there is something in that in that name thing and I was catching myself unintentionally saying things like if they're like what's it Jaden and I'm like don't worry it's a shocker <laughs> like yeah. as a joke yeah. I'm like the amount of that plays on you so that when this happened in that ceremony I got honoured that name I was like on my bed shirt off in this weird kind of like flex over pose, I was like, die, 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 die. And ever since I've accepted that, I've felt more strength in myself. Plus my lifts have gone up. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from 50 to 60. Um, <laughs> so that, like, to me, that's an interesting piece as well. And I think it can relay into more than just myself, like business and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really important. If someone's not vibing on the name, I think there's actually way more to a name now than, than what it is. 100%. Uh, so, like, that's not... To me, it's a, something that I'm really looking forward to, to my parents. They're probably going to fucking lose their shit. <laughs> I haven't told them yet. So I want them to wait a little bit yeah. just so it's not like I've come back from this Process. trip and just yeah. be like, yo, mum and dad, oh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for the Give last you cut. 28 yeah. years of it, but I'm, I'm dropping it. Yeah, so interesting. I know they're a big fan of the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's been a. <laughs> That's good. I like that. It's been. It is an interesting thing, and fucking, it's something that I doubt not many people will, will experience in their life is going through a total shift in identity, mm. but not as a person. That's the biggest thing that you know. For the few people I've told, they're like, "Oh, I don't want you to like change one." It's not like. You're not changing who you are, it's just a shift in title. Yeah, I'm not turning into like a walk and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, like now I know every step forward I go with doing it, it's just a bit of an upgrade. And I believe in that. So, you know, you can push. I think there's some people who probably do it too much and they don't allow that play the guitar thing and you're always tuning, tuning, tuning. It's like always trying to find that next thing I think that goes across life as well with people with like diets and training things like never really set set and work on something yeah. it's like oh yeah I'll, I'll be jumping that gym to that gym and yeah. that gym it's like fuck why, don't, why am I not getting results or where I want to be it's because like mm. yeah Definitely. you seem, seem pretty content about it all oh, like, uh, I guess that comes from what you said before about it all, it all, it all happened the yeah happened. I had to be content like I, I knew like sitting there when it was all going down 
I knew the amount of intensity behind that decision mm. and like respect for him and, and his culture. I couldn't just wake up the next morning and laugh it off and be like, mm-hmm. about last night, mate. Thanks for honoring <laughs> your name, but not going to happen. So, mm-hmm. look, I think everything happens for a reason. That was the most, yeah, crazy, crazy, but it feels right. You know, I never really believed in people like saying, I've found my passion and my yeah. purpose. Oh, it's so you like you found like a, a temporary purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, like me personally, and now I believe other people when they say it is like, yeah, you actually can. And I know now that this will be my path. Hmm. Post getting the shit done here that I need to get done. Yeah. Which is yeah, cool. It's an exciting journey. We've got a couple of questions for you to take wherever you want to take them. Yeah. What are you proud of? What am I proud of? Good question. Um, I think I'm proud of owning my shit now. And doing the work, um, which is cool. I think it's probably one thing that the three of us guys do really well. Is you know doing the work and owning it. Um, you know, being vulnerable in those kind of states as well. And yeah, I think I'm I'm proud of a lot of things that have happened over the last couple of years. Alchemy was a big one. Yeah. You know, that was a it was great to have an impactful job. I'd come off a lot of jobs which were just kind of working for cash. Yeah. You know, mine work labouring work yeah. you know stuffing away work where you're just like cool this is a thing to pay the bills because um, it's good it's awesome to see you guys as well like your growth I think that's it's got nothing to do with me but it's good to it definitely see definitely played a big role so. yes yeah so I, I'm proud of that to like see people that I've worked with now going on and doing huge things mm. um, which is cool so that's probably what I'm proud of I like that oh yeah what are you most confident on moving forward? Just back in everything that happens. Um, playing to yourself. It's a big thing. Like not playing out of tune. Mm. So I'm confident in that. Confident in like every day kind of resetting, going through and be like, cool, today's the day. Not planning for too far in the future and not thinking about the past. Just being confident that everything is where you need it to be right now. That was a great takeaway that I got from me. He's like, everything is where it needs to be right now. Don't think about, you know, I even remember coming out of that last ceremony and Taito was doing an amazing speech and he goes, what's going wrong with the world is we've, we just think too much. And he goes, like, that's what creates sickness and that's what creates this and this is the over overthought. He goes... Or, you know, we just went on the biggest journey last night. We went through this grand party. He goes, all you should be thinking about right now is what fruit are you going to have for breakfast? Because <laughs> we're just going to have breakfast. And he's like, it's a joke. But he goes like that because that's being present. That's being that's in the right moment. Not thinking like, oh, you know, what time is my flight tomorrow night? I hope I don't, I'm not fucking late for it. Because he's like, that wasn't there yeah. thousands of years ago. And I know that for sure, like thought and that creates a lot of sickness. I know a lot of people who just fucking think too much. Mm. And, and when, when you're aware of it, you can start catching yourself and going, well, fuck, it doesn't matter yeah, definitely. what's happening tomorrow afternoon. For sure. Today. And now. it's a very internal thing. Like I would have found myself, to be honest, like two months ago, being in this podcast, but not being in here. Like doing it, but then like 
not actually listening as much as I should have been or doing yeah, this worrying about something else worrying about this and this and this and then you catch yourself in this loop of going to bed every night and be like what the fuck happened today <laughs> like I was so far into like the next yeah. thing and then you just go through the days yeah yeah what excites you most about your like this like not newfound but like this growth what you've experienced I think it's probably going to be leaving like a true legacy you know getting out of those rooms in the morning there is no feeling like that and the amount of respect that you have for the people who who serve that is, is huge you know so I like that yeah that's cool and it and it is, and this is going to be the hard conversations that I have with a lot of people is it is the ultimate sacrifice in a way. Like you, you are really just working. Serving others. You're serving others. You're not serving yourself. You're not going to be pulling $200,000 a year as a shaman <laughs> and, you know, living in hey, could blow up. East and Southerners. Yeah, could blow up. <laughs> Go through the roof there. The but shaman, uh, I think, shaman of Super. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'll just come back and do the Eastern Southern Shaman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, awesome. yeah that, that's what it is for me. It's like, I know what I'm in for. Yeah. And I'm totally okay with that. More than okay. It's amazing. Yeah. It's good. Any more for any more? Good for me. Mate, thank you. That was a good podcast. That was, uh, that was, yeah. that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to digesting that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to play this on replay for my parents now. <laughs> Maybe I'll just screwed off. This is the conversation. I'm not telling them as we go to Gold Coast. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Just listen to it. Yeah, just sort of skip through the 40 minute mark. You get a shout out and then yeah. it goes downhill yeah. from there. <laughs> Very no, nice. That's awesome, guys. Thanks Thank for you. having me on. Thank you, man.